today on episode 100 of the Home of Play podcast. Sony taking PSVR 2 pre-order signups through official website. Gran Turismo 7 State of Play showcases world map, music modes, car museums, and a lot more. And for the big one, Sony announces it's acquiring Bungie for $3.6 billion. All that, and seriously, a lot more. Let's get some all-new intro. Welcome home, everybody. That is right. It is Monday, and it is episode 100 of the Home of Play podcast. We did it. We did it. We made it. We're here. We're very proud to be here, and we're very happy that a lot of you guys have you know, traveled with us this whole time, and we're appreciative, and I think we're just excited, honestly, more than anything, if I haven't said that already, and you know, this week, you're going to notice a few changes. We have the new intro. We have the reveal of the all new logo, the podcast logo, and we're very happy about that one. <laughs> I think some <laughs> not some, like, I'm happy, but some more than others. Not created by Steve. <laughs> not created by me. Uh, very proud to say that. And you know, it looks great. I'm happy. Some of you might see it beforehand though, just with how long it takes some of these uh podcast services to refresh. Uh I'm gonna have to do it early. So I think some people will see it sooner than this episode airs, but that's fine. It's, you know, the whole package bundle. I'm just can't wait for that. And uh, yeah, we're, I wouldn't even call this a relaunch. I just think we're doubling down on how committed we are and how happy we are that we've been doing this for, I don't know what, we're only four weeks short of two years. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to do the normal intro this week. I think you guys have all heard it enough. Basically, if you're listening to us, subscribe. And we'd be happy to have you continue this journey with us. And, you know, we're just appreciative of everyone. You know, I say at the end of every episode, but I truly mean it. Your time is your actual most valuable currency. I don't just say that as some like gimmick. And the fact that any of you guys would give us any of your attention and your time, you know, it does make us happy. You don't really understand how it's like we're just two idiots. And then in this two year adventure, it's you, you see these people and I, I can't specifically see you <laughs> and uh, I can't specifically track anyone, but the numbers come in. We see it. We've seen this growth in those two years, especially this last year. Like we're almost tripling what our first year did. And, you know, it's just really cool to see like these areas like Australia and the UK. And then, you know, we can break it down to certain states and, you know, shout out to like California and, Tennessee and for some reason you guys are battling out for which one's going to be the number one states and uh you know Canada all that stuff and we're seeing growth in all those markets and it's just it's really humbling that it's like I just want to talk and you know and and celebrating this 100th episode I think it's important to basically I think we've grown to a point that we understand what we want to be and what makes us unique really everyone always says like you know what their specialty is and i think our specialty is being two guys not you know in the medium itself i think we're far enough retracted that you can hopefully trust what we're saying and not think that we're trying to lead you on because we want to be internet famous or that we want paid advertisers or any of this weird nonsense i think our specialty is the fact that we don't want that we are two guys and this isn't trying to gloat 
we're financially viable. We're totally fine. We're not asking for your money. I don't want your money. I don't want ads ever. I don't want to put a paywall on anything. If you want to email me, if you want to ask me a question, I want you to do that. And I'm not going to make you pay for that privilege. And even calling it a privilege sounds weird. Uh, let's just say for that option. And I always want communication. And, you know, a lot of you have written in and we do, we write back to every email and it's just been kind of awesome to see that form. And I think that's our specialty is we're not dependent on anything. So when we give you our opinion, that's our opinion. And you don't ever have to think like, well, did Square pay them this? Did they get early access to this game from another person? So they're biased towards that. That's never an issue here. I mean, if anything, we're biased. It's just towards PlayStation as a whole. But at the same time, I think we give PlayStation quite a bit of crap. And you'll know what I mean by the end of this episode <laughs> when we get to some of our articles. So I think, again, you can kind of trust us there. So, And I want to add too, like sometimes our opinions, yeah, they might be shit. You might not agree. Like, and sometimes I, I think we're both, I think, like proud to admit it's like we can look something up or hear other people's opinions on things and be like, hmm, you know what? I agree with what you're saying. I, I, this makes sense now, actually, now that you put it in a different picture, a different picture frame. So it's like, yeah, you can change our mind. You just have to have the evidence and, and, you know, research and show us what it is that we're saying that's completely stupid. <laughs> well, and that you're right. As long as it's not subjective, like, well, I like this game and you don't, so you're wrong. I'm like, well, okay, that's a little, you know, yeah. hard to argue. Um, but you're right. There's other things where maybe there's things we didn't think about, or maybe there's just little bits of information that we missed. It can happen, obviously. We're not, We're not perfect. perfect. <laughs> so I 100% agree with Chris. I think the other thing I love about this show is even me and Chris aren't the same. We agree, I think, more often than not, but Chris is willing to try games that I'm not willing to try, and there's certain games, not, I think, a ton, but there's certain games that I'll just love, like, let's say, near that Chris doesn't understand or mesh with. And that's awesome. And I love that Chris likes to play indie games and he likes these PC indie games and he can bring something to the show that I just can't bring because I think I'm a little more focused on AAA experiences. I have very limited time. So when I do have time, I like diving into those experiences. And I know some people look at that and be like, well, you're not a hardcore gamer then. I'm like, yeah, but my argument would be, I've played those games and not actually, but like in the sense that like I've seen indie games and they were called what I was playing on Nintendo or Super Nintendo. And I just lost interest in those. And I'm not trying to be mean. It's just, I grew with the industry since the first Nintendo, Super NES, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, 3, so on. And so I want to see what more we can get. And I think that's why the AAA space excites me and why I'm so invested in that so again i'm not trying to be shitty i'm not trying to shame anyone but I, i'm just trying to say that you're going to get multiple opinions here and let's just get to episode 200 basically whoop, whoop. anyway we're going to move on to the crap ton of news we have this week like we always see uh, actually I should. as well as everything else i just want to say like we we're talking about before if you want to reach out if you have any comments questions or complaints well as always just email home of play podcast at gmail.com and then we'll read your questions on the show if they're show related or alone in private while we discuss sony vine bungie 
So before we get into all that news, we need to do what we always do, which is talk about what we've done this last week. And we have to, as usual, start with Chris. That's me. Um, my week's been quiet, a little mellow. You know, the same usual stuff that I'm usually playing. You guys probably know by now. T- TFT, Project Zomboid, a couple other things, Gloomhaven. The bigger ones that I've gotten back into, for some reason, I got hit by the Assassin Creed Valhalla bug, as it were. And uh, I jumped back into that. Uh, I did the area that you didn't like, the Asgard. I don't even know if you didn't like it or if you just didn't want to do it. But uh, I did it and realized there's a crap ton more after you do that, which bugged me out because I already have too much to do in the game. <laughs> yeah. But I think I- that's honestly what it was for me as well. It's just there's so much like there's too much there's arguably so much, it, it, there's it gets to a already, limit already and then they intru- introduce like a second world and it's just no no <laughs> too much but uh i'm having fun with it but i don't know if i'll be going back to it anytime soon because the current game is now dying light too and i am having a pretty decent time with it um it, it's fun. I uh, Just for the record, haven't played the first one, uh, so I'm not sure a whole bunch about the lore and the history of the game. I feel like this is a different character in a different time, I'm, but I'm not 100% sure. I haven't looked it up or anything like that, uh, but I'm having a, a pretty good time with it. Um, the gameplay is pretty fun. Story characters are you know, they're interesting, come and go. I guess the big thing is the bugs and issues, and I've run into a few, not as bad, because I guess there was a day one patch version 1.04, and I'm talking about PlayStation version of the game, obviously, uh, where they say they've patched like a thousand different bugs. Uh, I've run into a couple things, nothing too major, and I don't even know if they'd be considered bugs per se. Um, Well, some of them are. Uh, for instance, it's got like a sensibility, like, you know, Assassin's Creed, when you do that sense and it shows you all the, the highlighted objects you can click on and interact with. This game has that as well. Sometimes when I try to do the sense, it just doesn't work. It does. It just ignores me or I have to like walk around or open my menu or something and then I could do the sense. Um, not a huge thing, but it's just kind of annoying. Um, the bigger one. Um, so the game has t- three different visual modes. It's got performance, quality, and resolution. If you're going to play quality or resolution, I say don't because it's awful. Like it's, I, I, maybe I haven't played a a 30 FPS game in a long time, but it feels worse than that. It's so sluggish and choppy playing it in 30 frames. And it's like, is the quality look that much better to me? It did not. Maybe a little bit like the trees, you know, kind of in the wind type of crap, but it's like, to play at this resolu- or this uh, frame rate was awful. It's like, I cannot go back. I don't know. Maybe I've, I'm converted now because that's just, it was, it's bad. And the problem I have with performance mode, so it runs really smoothly. However, I'm getting this bug, and I don't know if I would get the bug in the other modes because I don't want to play in the other modes, but I get the screen flickering every once in a while. It's just, it's random. I thought maybe it was just the game, so I try to restart the game. No, it's still just randomly just kind of flickers when you're randomly doing things, which is kind of annoying and distracting. So that's kind of a big issue. Uh, I suspect other people are ha- having that issue. I tried looking it up. I wasn't seeing too much about it yet. Um, a lot of the th- complaints were coming from the PC side of things, so not too sure about that. But 
the flickering is it's not like steady or constant but it's like i don't know could be could flicker once every like two minutes or something and it's just kind of right in the middle of something it's just distracting and it's just a very quick flick if you know what i mean i don't know it's hard to explain other than that just a couple of like you know ease of use type of things where it's like sometimes i'm trying to like pick up an item or something or like grab loot and it just it doesn't properly interact with it like i have to like stare directly at it and hold the button like it'd be nice if there was a little bit better feel for that where it's like i could just hold the button and it would just pick up everything around me one after another or something it's not i feel for you because i know i had those exact issues with cyberpunk even to this day with its updates uh on pc i'll seriously try to look at um one of the healing items i forget what they call them and you just you can look right at it, have literally the little dot right on it, and I have to look almost thirty degrees to the left, and then it will kind of be like, it's "Oh, like, you oh, want to yeah. pick that up?" That thing. It's yeah. just like really. It reminds me of like uh, back in the day. Nobody, I guess, nobody played it, but Dead Island, where there was like so many interactable objects, like every basket, like little bin, garbage bin, trash can, you could interact with. Tons of suitcases and briefcases. It's like I literally had to go and hold the button on every single one of them. This kind of feels like that. Not as not as many objects to click on, but just it could be a little bit smoother in that regards. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I'm having fun. The parkour is a little bit interesting to get used to. I feel like the game's purposely locking areas out. It's like I, you will run out of stamina when trying to access certain areas. And it's just because it's like you have to be a higher level or have more stamina points or a special skill to be able to do this maneuver to get through this area. But it's like, it doesn't tell you any of that. So it's like, I guess I'll have to come back here later type of thing. But uh, I could see this being really fun co-op. I'm interested in trying that. Maybe you'll look at getting it, but maybe me telling you some of these bugs will put you off of it for a little bit. (laughs) I I suspect they're probably going to have another patch pretty soon. Um, Oh, I don't doubt it. And none of these are game breaking either. Well, we also talked about, I think it was, Ooh, I always, you know, I'm bad with timelines, but it was either last week or the week before that we talked about this and that, you know, they want to support the game for the five years, apparently. And if that's true, then absolutely they're going to keep patching yeah. this and keep, you know, polishing. I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm giving it a pass because I think me and you are normally harder on games that come out broken and, you know, we don't really give them a pass. So is it fair for me to give this, you know, development team tech Techland a pass either i just i think because we've seen how they treated their last game which is you know dying light one and the support they continue to give to that game to the point that i think it just got dlc in this past year um that i trust that they would polish it yes do i wish this came out a little more polished and you know i know there was development issues many i think many delays if i'm not mistaken um so yeah i'm not trying to give him a full pass but you know it's still i guess it's arguable but i just i still don't i the things i've seen it's still not as broken as cyberpunk it's still not as broken as valhalla valhalla was severely uh problematic for me i had so many it's not that had major graphical errors even though it did but a lot of it was just technical little things that just added up to like my disappointment why i stopped playing that game in the first place and I don't know if this one's here. Plus, there's so much 
conversation about this game where some people have issues and others have no issues whatsoever. So I don't know what's going on in this case. Yeah. Um, overall, I'm, I, I am having a good time with it and I am liking it. So maybe offline, I'll try to talk you into it if you're really bored, <laughs> but um, we'll have to see. Cause I think co-op would be pretty cool just with the combat and exploring and the parkour. I, I think it'd just be a lot of fun, but well, and actually that's a good, point to make is i think we talked about this off recording but this is probably one of the most impressive co-op games i've ever seen yeah just the in the sense that well it's four player co-op if you want it apparently you can do almost everything in the game in co-op and then it goes even further where you get separate loot so no one's fighting over loot apparently quests and missions can go towards your own single player game and decisions which Mm -hmm. I, some people I could be like, well, I don't want it messing with my game. I'm sure there's options for that too. And yeah, it's just the running around and free form, uh, free flow, co- like combat slash uh, parkour stuff, just in four player co op. And apparently there's difficulty scaling too. So bosses aren't made too easy because you have three other people with you. Uh, I don't know. I just hearing all that stuff, I'm like, this is great. And it seems like one of the most thought out co-op modes i've ever heard of mm-hmm. uh so that did interest me actually that that they got bonus points on that one well cool. otherwise that's been my week okay well then it's my turn and i had a hard week you know in the logo that you're now seeing i spent a lot of time this week talking to people getting this done uh the new intro uh we also which i keep forgetting <laughs> to mention thank you curtis if anyone's been listening a long time they're probably aware of Curtis's existence. He's what gave us the outro music, and now he's totally redone our intro, which I really like. Uh, me and Chris both really like. I think he took what we had, and you hear it there, but he made it match the outro, and it's a little more our style, I would say. So AAA uh, quality. Very now. excited. Yes. Yeah, so I'm very excited. <laughs> Quadruple A. You guys. Very excited for you guys to hear it this week and to continue using it. So, you know, just another fun thing. So anyway, my week was kind of taken up by the podcast, but, you know, I'm probably going to play more Persona eventually when I get actual free time, maybe this weekend. And I don't know, I've been considering going to Near Replicant. You know, I bought that a long time ago. <laughs> I think it was on sale, but it, you know, still more expensive because it was newer, the the remaster or whatever. And I just, I think it's time and then we'll see. I think I might pre-order horizon as someone that didn't like the first one. I think they're showing me a lot of things that show me that they've made the changes that I think it needed. And hopefully I'm not going to get burned a second time because I did the exact same thing for the first horizon where I pre-ordered played it day one and fell out of love very quickly. Maybe get the disc based version. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. Uh, so yeah, hopefully I don't get burned. And anyway, that was a very quick recap for me, which means we need to get on to news because I think we're 20 minutes in and we haven't said anything <laughs> and we have so much news. So Chris, surprise, there's a brand new Call of Duty game launching what? this year. This one comes from Push Square. No notes really here. I, I literally just put it as a need comment, I need more. I say more. <laughs> Basically, yes, Activision on Twitter confirmed there's going to be another Call of Duty. It's Infinity Ward's turn. Uh, and as previous leaks suggest it's going to be the next modern warfare release but it's not the original modern warfare it's not a remaster of one of those warfares 
it's just renamed. I don't know. Let's not forget that Activision doesn't really have the creativity that we like to see, especially in naming uh, titles. So anyway, if you're a Call of Duty fan, doesn't matter what platform, you're going to get it. And it's hopefully going to be decent. I don't know, but it can't be worse than Vanguard. So uh, we, we won't we won't judge you unless like uh, Advanced Warfare was your favorite. Then we'll judge you a little bit. I wonder if that one will be on uh, Game Pass that quickly. I, I mean, they won't have. <laughs> but Maybe. if they're already, you know, going to be a partnership, right? Clearly, they like Microsoft. I wonder if they could already get. I think those they've games already shut there. down the servers for those some of the older ones. <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next article. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 is planned for reveal this year. Producer confirms. This one comes from VGC. Speaking during an anniversary event held to celebrate Final Fantasy VII's 25th anniversary in Japan today, Final Fantasy VII original director Yoshinori Katase said it was his intention to reveal the first details of its remake sequel during the anniversary year. In quotes, we are hard at work on Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, so please look forward to that. In addition, with regards to the long-awaited Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, there will be more information dot 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 this year if we can. He said in a translation for VGC provided by Push Dustin. He said dot dot dot? He did say dot dot dot. <laughs> uh, asked if he was sure the sequel would be revealed this year, Katase said, well, yeah, we just started the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, so we want to celebrate and get fans excited. So within the next 12 months, we want to share some information. Look forward to more information. On the 12th month. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know. I think like, we can start there within 12 months, but then he says this year, and I'm like, well, we're already in February, so I mean, it could be 2023 before you see anything. And, you know, let's not forget how many times it's, Feels like they've kind of insinuated we're going to see more Final Fantasy 16 news. That never happened. That keeps getting pushed back. So the fact that we still haven't seen anything for Final Fantasy 16, which uses previous assets found on Final Fantasy 14, which has existed for more than a decade, you know, I, I don't know. Square Enix just doesn't do great with getting games out in a fast, traditional pace. And then that means we don't get information drops at a fast traditional pace. So I'm not going to tell you to hold your breath. I, you know, I'm hopeful, you know, does this thing show up at the next Tokyo game show? I don't know, but I can speculate, but yeah, I definitely, I don't know. I, and I don't think they want to talk over Final Fantasy 16. So if we do start to get information on that game, I mean, I feel like that means they're probably going to withhold this at least for a little bit of time and not, again, try to destroy that before it even gets out of the gate. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, To be honest, from my perspective, I would rather hear more information on Final Fantasy 16. Uh, we already know, well, we can understand where Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2 is going to go. Uh, I still have so many questions on like what's carrying over from the previous game. Uh, and by previous game, I mean part one of the remake. Uh, how much of the original game are they going to be including in this part two? They still haven't clarified like how many parts total the whole like thing is going to be. So like honestly, it just makes me more mad to like think about it. So I kind of just mm -hmm. in my mentally in my head, I'm like I just I rather hear about Final Fantasy 16 in hopes that like something special can come from that project. Or even, I've even been talking with another buddy too, is like, maybe Final Fantasy 14 is worth going back and taking a crack at that one, because 
I, I know I played it originally, but there's still so much content I haven't even touched. Well, and, you know, as that thing introduces more and more expansions, it just seems to get more popular, and the review scores just seem to get higher. Yeah, it's just improving and improving constantly. It's not a game mm-hmm. where, like, like the old, uh, like the Assassin's Creed, where they'll they'll patch the game, and then the, the next patch will cause bugs that were in the first patch. It's like, what, what do you, like, you guys, get your shit together. At least when these guys are upgrading and doing patches and balancing, it's like, they, they have a pretty smooth game going now with Final Fantasy fourteen. I know I'm kind, kind oh, of getting sure. off topic, but... It's a pretty smooth game where it really it's just becoming more balancing than anything, I think, at this point. So, yeah, yeah. in my opinion, whatever, I, it's a whole year. I guess you'll hear it from us when it comes out and gets announced. But for me, I'm more curious about Final Fantasy 16, 7. We, like I said, we know where it's going to we know where it's going to go relatively. Nope. No, we, we have no idea because the biggest thing that you brought up in my brain is and you can anyone can look this up the producer and the director still disagree what this game's even going to be. Every time they talk, yeah. they're, they're talking about two different games. So I literally think that's probably another reason, you know, you're probably not going to hear about this for a bit because I think the lot, I, I'm probably confusing the two, but I, I know one, it was either the producer or director was like, we want to release these as small, yeah, small portions faster. And the other guy would be like, well, no, I want a bigger experience than part one. And I want to take as much time as possible to make a really good experience, a, a larger game. So, it, you know, and this is the same issue we had with the first game. We we know uh, hearing things that it's just there was conflict in the development. So I'm with you. Everything you said, I'm way more interested in 16. Uh, I didn't love Final Fantasy 7 Remake as a diehard Final Fantasy 7 fan. It hurt to have that opinion, but I just, you know, I do not agree with the populace and I just think there's a lot of issues. And honestly, this is one of those games that like I'm so knowledgeable about that I would take anyone's debate up for why I don't think this game's as great as the media seems to want to like push it towards being. And I'm like, no, it's not that. But anyway, we, we need to move on. I, I could literally <laughs> talk about that for the whole episode, but he uh, may have Chris done that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Sony taking PSVR two pre-order signups through official website. This one comes from Push Square. A new page on the official PlayStation website has been discovered today as if it was <laughs> unburied or something that focuses on PSVR two. It covers everything we've known up till now, which is finally we know some stuff, including the new sense controllers and all the technology packed into the device. However, it's what's at the bottom of the page that interests readers the most. You can now sign up using your PSN account to receive PSVR 2 news, including game announcements, release dates, and when you can pre-order your headset. So I've already done this, Chris. I've already signed up, but I will say it seems like a waste of time. When you actually read the bottom and you get through it, it does seem like they just want to spam you with emails about anything PSVR related. And then... You know, when you really look into it and realize what you're clicking on, uh, you basically find out that, you know, there you're going to get an email that says, hey, you can pre-order this, but I guarantee you it's going to be at the same time they announce it to the world and yeah. everything else anyway. So I wouldn't tell anyone to waste your time to sign up for this. Just wait and we're going to probably tell you yeah. and or you'll find it somewhere else. It's not. Yeah, you don't have to run out of your house with just a bathrobe and then try to. <laughs> 
you know, sign up for the email. Start the car. Start the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Like, this is not... You're not going to get the news, like, sooner than the rest of the world. This is... Yes. And I think that's honestly why I want to say that, because I do feel like it almost came out like that, especially from some websites. They made it sound like you're going to get the cutting room floor on getting this pre-order. It's like, no, no, you're not. And you're not going to even probably directly get to pre-order from them. So yeah. this is still going to be a shit show from the ground up when you, this thing does launch for pre-orders. I mean, you and I both know, like, we both tend to get emails from PlayStation and they're both the same topics. But like, I'll get my email one day and then you won't get your email for like two days later. It's like, so like, they don't even have their what appears to be a proper emailing system. So I bet, I bet mm. you when this does get released, it probably won't be at the same time. I'm curious now, so I'll probably sign up for it just to see what, if we get the exact same news at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think we're both excited for the PSVR too, and we'll probably both end up getting it. Yeah. If I can get it day one, I definitely want to, uh, everything they've said has uh, tingled my spidey sense. Uh, the next that podcast will be recorded in VR when that happens. <laughs> po- it's like VR I'm right podcast. there with Chris <laughs> trying to slap you in the face. Uh, so we're gonna move on. Gran Turismo Seven State of Play Showcase World Map Music Modes Car Museums and more. This one comes from Game Informer. Uh, so we're not gonna you know we're not gonna go through a full thirty minute video with you live. <laughs> so I summarized it as much as I could. Gran Turismo Seven represents the twenty fifth anniversary of the series. Uh, apparently 400 cars, 34 racing locations, and 97 layouts. Uh, Yamachi, hopefully I'm saying that right, says more cars and layouts will be added in future online updates. The world map is essentially a bird-eye view of the smaller hubs with GT7, such as used car dealers, the cafe, legendary cars, and more. And the cherry on top, Gran Turismo 7 will hit PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 on March 4th. And then we got additional news today that released just before we were recording in the latest find your line revealed trailer the japanese developer has revealed some of the artists you can expect to feature including spanish superstar rosalia and a song from fanatics uh featuring idris elba so if you like idris elba <laughs> doing music which i have no familiarity with uh fantastic and yeah just I'm not a racing guy, Chris. I don't think you're a big racing guy, or at least not racing sim guy. Yeah. And but everyone around me that is a driving guy ha- that has watched the state of play is telling me like this looks good. Everything they're saying sounds fantastic, and hopefully this is one of the best GTA or not GTA GTS that have ever. It could be know, the best GTA us. too. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Honestly, it looks amazing. Uh, like you said, you and I are both not really the sim driver type, the track racer type. I like maybe more destruction type derby games, which we've talked about in the past. Um, so this isn't doesn't doesn't do anything for me, but I can respect how amazing it looks. And I think any even people who are like really big car fans are probably going to like this a lot too, because there's you can really get in there with the cars and like see details mm-hmm. and. It looks super nice. Uh, I think this is going to be a good showcase for the PlayStation 5. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Uh, but we're running low on time, so we're going to move on. Discord is officially rolling out on PlayStation consoles from today. This one comes from VGC. Eight months after the announcement of the planned partnership between Sony and the messaging platform, Discord confirmed on Monday that support is gradually rolling out to U.S. users with additional countries to follow. In quotes, 
If you've ever connected your Discord account to another service that allows you to display your activity, it works similarly here, the firm explained. Once your Discord account is linked, the game you're currently playing on either PS4 or PS5 will be shown as your activity just like that. I can also confirm that when I launched Discord the other day, I think it was for my phone app, it asked if I wanted to link up with the PlayStation account. And so I did that, but I don't see any interact. I don't know what's actually connected because <laughs> I, I can't tell. I don't see anything from the console side of things. And from the Discord side of things, I haven't found any like specific settings that talks about the PlayStation. So I don't know what's linked. <laughs> I, all I'm aware of is if it's working correctly, if you're playing a PlayStation game, people on your Discord will be able to see the, what game you're playing. That's about all I know. I also did this when I opened up Discord to chat with you. It was the first thing that came up. The only weird thing for me is like, it's not an impossibility. Maybe I saved some things, but I clicked it and it's like, okay, your accounts are connected. I'm like, but Ow. I never signed in. Anything. Yeah, exactly. Very so confusing. I'm not too sure if it's working for me either. I haven't, you know, gone too much further, uh, but we don't need to go too much further because it's not a big story. So, Chris, we're going to move on to something I'm way more excited to make fun of. Ghostwire no. Tokyo official gameplay overview. <laughs> overview. This one comes from IGN. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo will be released on March 25th, 2022, according to the PlayStation's YouTube channel. And there's, you know, I also, in additional notes, PS Plus members will see a discount on the PlayStation Store for pre-order already. Uh, doesn't sound too great, but who knows? They seem to be doing that on a lot of things, so it doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore. But anyway, yeah, there's actual gameplay video of this game, and I am still convinced this used to be a VR game. Uh, Chris, you watched a quick, brief summary of it. Yeah, like a five-minute video. You know, there's specifically one thing I'll call out to is, did you get to see how traversal works when getting on top of buildings? It's got, yeah, like the teleporting thing. A single point that you just teleport to. Does that not sound like a VR thing to you? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> and not to mention so we finally saw gameplay your character can move it is confirmed your character moves thank christ but even that just looks slow and this whole game uh, there's no way this didn't used to be at least from concept a vr game it, it seems very much like that yeah and it's like the lack of anything happening on your screen they seem to try to make up with crazy hand gestures <laughs> like i've always been seeing this whole time naruto meets some kind of like cyberpunk neon like city thing i don't know it's it's whatever it's fine i really do hope this game is good but if you ask me right now where i think this game's gonna sit for terms of reviews i right now and i could be dead wrong but i'm guessing three out of fives and the higher points be maybe four out of five but i'm yeah i'm gonna say three out of five Five out of five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you're probably right on your assessment there for v- a lot of those uh, opinions, but uh, I'm still interested. I don't know why. That's the thing you love about me is like, I'm interested in play everything. Yep. <laughs> so no, absolutely. And like, I'm not even trying to condemn anyone that wants to play this. I'm just tr- more trying to warn people that, and like, I could be totally wrong. Maybe this game's so unique. It's so different and it breathes new life in a new genre that we don't even understand and suddenly it's amazing and i'm dead wrong like i said that is absolutely possible i'm just going off of what i see based off my experience and i'm like i don't know unless they really nail what they're trying to do here i just don't see this being you know anything above average yeah i mean yeah like you say i mean 
I'm super interested in it just because it's like you know Shibuya, Japan. Like that's, that's oh yeah, that, 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 you, I like the location. That speaks to me. The yes. world map looks pretty big, at least just from looking at it. It looked decent size, so it seems like there's a lot to do just by looking at that anyway. Uh, and then I don't know the creatures. I'm interested to hear about them. There was a, a reviewer I was listening to who was talking about it, and it sa- seems like they kind of like some of the creatures were like, you know, Japanese fo- folklore creatures, which is kind of cool. And then they were they even said as much as like there's like you know like lore stories like North America stories too, like on Reddit where people are like, talking about like creepy creatures and things they've seen in their houses and types of things. It almost seems like some of the monsters' ideas came from a lot of that weird stuff too, which is oh, pretty sure. unique. I, I, like, there's one model that you know maybe something in their folklore, but to me, I'm like Slenderman. Yeah, that that's definitely the uh, one that gets compared to a lot. I think I saw a creepy little girl, so that'll scare the shit out of me in whatever game I play. But uh, I, I'm interested. It seems I, I'm curious in the creatures. I know you are a big creature guy. You like monsters and mm-hmm. creepy things. So I'm I'm hoping that there'll be something there that'll be like that's really cool. I want to see a movie with this type of creature in it. There probably already is when some of the low budget. Everything <laughs> I've even seen, I would yeah like in a movie. Like if those creatures I've seen in this gameplay were in anything else, and that wasn't just like you know off putting to me otherwise. I yeah. I, yeah, I definitely like what I'm seeing creative wise i'm like mm, i i yeah i'm like put this in a silent hill remake yeah. i would freaking die for these creatures you know even this scene where it seems like you're sneaking up on them that that one creature it's a woman with a really messed up face i think it's just teeth basically mm. and when her head comes back i'm like oh yeah that's slightly terrifying or at least to me and creepy and i would love to see that in a movie somehow but at the same time when i saw that animation jump out like her head coming backwards i'm like that seems like a VR scare, so it brought me back. So I'm like, mm, this had to be a VR thing in concept. Who knows? If they say there's like going to be an option for PSVR 2, then that might actually sell you on it, maybe. <laughs> that's that's a thought that's you know come across my head, too, is like maybe are they holding back that announcement? Although knowing you, you, you wouldn't want to play it. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I'd Hold want to, but not want to at the same time. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we could talk about that forever, but we have to move on. GTA 6 officially confirmed development is, in quotes, well underway. This one comes from Push Square. Rockstar posted on their blog today, with the unprecedented longevity of GTA 5, we know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in the GTA series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. Which is tough in this case, because GTA 5 is pretty incredible. And we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the GTA series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready, so please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. So after this, they also confirmed that if you were excited for the PS5 or Xbox Series X version of GTA 5, which, you know, was announced so long ago, it's surprising it's taken this long. But anyway, you can get it on March 15th. So everyone clap, everyone celebrate your GTA Online modes, March 15th. You can finally get a real next-gen experience of a game that came out on PS3. So, Chris, before we get more into that, which we won't, but we can talk more about GTA 6. Are you excited? Is this, you know, fill you up with glee knowing that it's not only going to happen, which I think we all knew is going to happen, let's face it, but that is actually well underway. Um, I'm kind of interested in GTA 6. My problem is, like, GTA 5 was such a big game, it overwhelmed me. 
It's kind of like how I get with like the uh, um, Elder Scroll games. It's just so massive and there's so much stuff to do. Like you literally just get lost and go golfing or go fishing. And that could be your whole day of just doing that. Like, I mean, they got that whole no pixel server where all the streamers are playing and they're just messing around on there. So it's like you can make your own fun, really. Even the online experience is freaking massive. That might even be something that'd be cool that we would play. Uh, Like that'd be neat to try. But GTA 6, I'm like, sure. I'm interested in it. I'm still interested in going back to GTA 5 at this point. But yeah, I'm sure the the fans of the GTA series, which there are many, uh, are super stoked for a GTA 6. Um, but I, I, this is one of those ones where I go back to what we always say is take your time, make it well. Uh, there's so much content in those types of games. And I think even when GTA 5 came out, it's a pretty polished game. I don't remember hearing too many stories of a lot of issues off the top of my head. So it's like they they made it pretty well. So... I think a GTA 6 is something to look forward to, um, but it's definitely going to be some time, I think, still. Like, they're just talking about announcing, talking about it almost. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're not, ta- we're probably talking at least two years, maybe, maybe next year, but eh, probably two years. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I agree with you timeline, timeline wise, I would say two to three years. Um, and again, that's just speculation. When they say well underway, we don't know what that means. They they could still be just discussing at a table, writing up scripts. Like we don't even know if they're actually developing. I would have to hope at this point, you know, it's been some time since Red Dead. What else could they have been doing this time? I know, you know, there's updates to GTA Online, not so much for, you know, Red Dead Redemption Online uh, or 2 Online. And you know, so what does that mean? Hopefully it's sooner than later, but yeah, I mean, really with this lack of information, it's, yeah, it could be forever. Anyway, my point though, that I want to bring up and my only concern is now with one of the Hauser brothers gone, Dan Hauser, we read about, he started a, a different company. You know, he's the main guy everyone shines the spotlight on when it comes to these scripts and one of the you know, main people towards why Red Dead's so amazing. Uh, I, I have my issues with two, mainly with one chapter, and I think that's what took the draw away from, you know, it taking the top spot in that year for Game of the Year. I think that's what let God of War step above it. But it's still, you know, amazing game. And I completed it as long as it is. I, you know, and that's not even my genre, uh, Cowboys and such, but it was just so good. With him gone, I'm a little worried that's going to hurt the storyline. And then it kind of then almost confirms my other suspicion that does that mean they're just going to lean harder on the online stuff? I hope not. I mean, I, I think a lot of people love it, but it's like uh, me looking from the outside in, it's like, uh, that's just me spending way too much of my money on some a, a game that I, none of people in my circle play that I'm aware yeah. of. So, so I don't know. I, I can't say, you know, you know, there's no one else that can write a good script. I'm going to be hopeful and optimistic, but that's my one concern is with the absence of Dan Hauser. What is this game going to look like? But we're not going to know more until they tell us more. So we'll move on. Godfall's developer is working on a new co-op IP according to job ads. This one comes from VGC. New listings have been posted on the studio's website, which gives more information than previous listings added back in December 2021. One of the new listings looking for a producer states that the role is for an unannounced cooperative action fantasy shooter. 
Another listing for a senior writer role says the successful candidate will contribute to the overall narrative of the new IP, suggesting the game isn't a sequel to Godfall. Uh, in my summary, I clipped out another part, but basically in another job posting, it did specify they want someone that can program for many things, kind of insinuating multi-platform. It's not going to be like a Godfall exclusive or any deal like that. So good, I guess. I I don't want to come out super negative, but like I'm not the biggest fan of Gearbox published IPs. Uh, I do I do not have a strong love for Borderlands. The humor just doesn't mesh with me. You know, I know everyone was always like the uh, Borderlands Telltale game. Oh, it's the best one. That humor doesn't mix with me. So I actually had the worst time with that out of all their IPs. And then Godfall came out. Not a great reception. Uh, then we, we had were excited for it, though. Edition. We were excited. I think we were just excited for anything on the new console, yeah. though. And yeah. this was literally one of the only games that was console exclusive. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was another reason we were super excited for it. Didn't really, like I said, didn't relate to people, didn't have a great reception. So when I hear this, you know, a cooperative action shooter, is that a games of a service? Is it more just like Borderlands? You know, they already have Borderlands, which technically can be a cooperative fantasy shooter. Uh, so yeah, what does this mean? I don't know. I'm not that excited for it. Just like I said, with my reputation with them. So my history with gearbox anyway so i don't know i'm interested in your take chris i think you're probably going to lean with me though yeah i i am leaning with you on this one um borderlands i can kind of respect it for what it is uh the telltale game i i did enjoy but i like all the telltale games i mean mm. the humor is kind of sloppy in the face type of humor which is whatever take it or leave it um but for me yeah godfall was one that we were excited for and then for some reason we were both like Something was holding us back. There wasn't any like concrete evidence in the sand about what the problem was, but we held back a little bit. We waited, and then we were starting to hear things of like, you know, it's just not as you know fully thought thought through. There's some issues with the game, all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad we definitely held back on that one. From what I'm thinking is is that Godfall might have been its attempt at trying to, I don't know, not not like a testing ground of something that they need but maybe like i do feel like it was like them trying to like prepare themselves for a bigger thing from what i've been hearing and so that this new ip might be the bigger one that they're hoping will will win them the gold but um because godfall almost in my mind i haven't played it so you take it as you will but i feel like it was just a a testing ground for them to do something bigger in the next sequel like not a sequel but in the following like next game. Mm -hmm. Okay, Chris, we can go into another quick bite size article. Rocksteady suicide squad game has reportedly been delayed to 2023. This one comes from VGC previously scheduled for release this year. The game will now arrive in 2023 as said in the title, according to Bloomberg sources said to be familiar with its development. So there wasn't much more information to come out with that. Just that. Yeah, it doesn't sound like we're going to get it. Unfortunately, I know this disappoints some people, I don't like I don't have a lot of love for the characters that they're going to portray in this game and I kind of think the fighting the superheroes thing at least from an animation perspective has is overdone uh you know it's it's a little bit in even the injustice games or at least the second one 
it's whatever. I, I, I don't know. It's just, I, and especially Harley Quinn, I'm, I'm so over with Harley Quinn. I think everything they try to do with that character just falls flat for me. And it seems more apparent when you look at the success that Arcane had with Jinx. I feel like that's what they try to do with Harley Quinn, but they always fail where that character just stands out so much more. Yeah. And I, yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, I don't know. The ragtag thing, it's fine. Like, I think James Gunn's Suicide Squad was great, and he found a way to do that where the first Suicide Squad movie failed. So I'm just not super excited about this anyway, although I will say the last gameplay trailer did make me a little more interested than before, but if I did purchase it, it's probably more because a friend of mine wants me to play it or something. I, But by myself, I don't have an interest for this story. I think it seems basic, at least for now. But yeah, I guess hopefully that means the Warner Brothers is going to push towards getting the Arkham Knights and Hogwarts Legacy out sooner than hopefully within this year. Maybe they just didn't want three games to just, you know, all at once. I think both of us are probably we would say we're fans of Rocksteady's games for the most part. So oh, yeah, I am always looking forward to what they're doing. Um, Suicide Squad's not something that piques my interest that much at least right now, I haven't seen the, the latest James Gunn version. Uh, I've heard good things about it, obviously. But I, it's not in my radar, so the fact that it's getting pushed to 2023 is probably just a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. I can wait. And if and if 2022 lands all the games it's supposedly supposed to, I don't think we're going to mind you know, having no. something get pushed back to the next year. Not at all. Chris, Supermassive Trademarks, five more Dark Pictures games. This one comes from Game Informer. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are talking. Uh, there was rumors that there were supposed to be like eight of these things. And then it went, you know, they talked about the next one and that'd be the end of season one. Then I heard rumors that there would never be a season two because these games weren't performing that well. But now it seems like we have more information that that's not true at all. And in fact, there's going to be now 10 potential games so we're just going to read into this so new trademarks filing were spotted by twitter user marmalade as reported by gamatsu so the new trademarks are supposedly the dark pictures directive 8020 the dark pictures the craven man the dark pictures intercession the dark pictures winterfold and the last one being the dark pictures oh death so if true sounds like we're getting five more of these games seems interesting i don't me and you still haven't even done Man and Medan, so I don't know I don't if this know speaks. Why. Even though these should be my... This is our thing. But I think the problem is when they decide to do this anthology, they're so bite-sized, they're so small, that they can't spend the time I think these games need to be yeah. good enough for us to get, uh, you know... Emotionally sucked. invest into these characters. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what's missing for me, because... These these games are like right up our alley, which I think it's like, why have we not played these yet? And I don't know, like we keep going to them and looking at them and I don't know what it is. It's just I think like like we said, it's like I can't get emotionally attached to any of these characters and like the whole anthology aspect of it. It's like just means like I don't know. It's like if deep down it's like every time I see one of these, it's like I'm picturing whatever a forty dollar price tag on every single one of these or whatever the price is. And maybe that's mm. what's turning me off on them. And because I know other short bite side stories, I don't know. There's something like this. This this is very up our alley, especially like um, was it Until Dawn? We both loved Until Dawn. Yep, absolutely. And that that's pretty much what this is. But for some reason, these ones are just not getting me. I don't know what it is. 
I wish I could put my finger on it. I'm guessing it's just the not getting attached to characters or something. I don't know. Well, and that I think the reception is so lukewarm on these. They keep almost getting worse review scores than the last one. So, and they're not really connected either, right? Like, you can't have a character survive one to get to the next one. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like the curator is this character that shows up, and he seems to be the only connection throughout. So, I don't know. I I, I just think yeah, the biggest problem is they're bite sized, and I think they're trying to keep the pacing going, but then these games just aren't. To stuff of what Until Dawn was. I need the Avengers version of the Dark Pictures where something from all of them connects together. Maybe if I knew that was coming, then I'd be more interested. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on. PlayStation 5 surpasses 17 million units shipped. This one comes from Game Informer. Sony's last quarter sales for its games division dipped 8% year over year, ending on December 31st at 7.1 billion versus 7.7 billion on December 31st, 2020. So before you move on, uh, I think we need to talk about how that is only because, and I, well, I, I can't, you know, it's not concrete, but it sounds like for obvious reasons, me and you have actually talked about this on the podcast, is that, you know, in 2020, they had a crap ton of games initially, and this last year, there's not been a lot for Sony, so, you know, it kind of makes sense why this would be, um, but I just want to point that out before you continue, sorry. PlayStation 5's current 17.3 million units shipped number is less than the company's previous target of shipping 22.6 million by March 31st, 2022. In fact, the target has been lowered to 19.3 million. In terms of software, Sony sold 92.7 million games on PS5 and PS4. Of those, 11.3 million were first party. This represents a decrease of 11% compared to where the company was on December 31st, 2020. That year, this quarter ended with 104.2 million PlayStation games sold, and of those, 19 million were first party games. PlayStation Plus, however, is up despite general decreases in games and hardware units sold. It sits at 48 million subscribers, which is up from 47.4 million compared to this quarter in 2020. So this, like you said, this makes sense to us. There's different reasons for it. New, new console, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it takes time for first parties to get made. Even if they know ahead of time, it always seems to take time. There's the, the chip shortage, which is definitely what's affecting the 22.6 million uh, goal uh, that definitely has to affect it because I there's still people I know who are trying to get PlayStation fives and they can't get it so it's not it's not like a, a issue that there's stock and people aren't buying it they literally just can't make enough stock so that mm. that's that, that's I don't know who to blame in that that's not I don't think that's a Sony problem that's just more of a manufacturing issue uh, but that's not and it's not specific to them either it's affecting everybody right so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good news in the sense that Sony's doing well. It's bad news because I'm sure they're frustrated to all hell that they can't make more of these things because you know it's a money printing machine at this point. Um, but hey, at least they're doing okay. The better Sony does, the better they invest in our games. And I mean, there's not really much more to say here. It's more of a little quick checkup of uh, how we've been doing, how our buddy PlayStation's doing and uh, what we can expect in the future based on these sales, which I think is just, like I said, more investment. So anyway, we'll move on to arguably the biggest news article we have this week, uh, one that Chris is just so excited about. 
Sony announces it's acquiring Bungie for $3.6 billion. This one comes from Game Informer. Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced it is purchasing Bungie for $3.6 billion. Bungie posted a blog post discussing the acquisition saying that it will continue to independently publish and creatively develop their games. Uh, not much. I mean, you can take a lot of news out of there, but there's not really much to address here. It's an interesting situation, no doubt. It's the weirdest acquisition that Sony's ever done, in my opinion, it's where odd, yeah. they've never spent this much, this much money before. Um, this is many times more than they've spent for Insomniac. It's interesting. And at the same time, they spent so much more money and then they're let, they, you know, even the phrasing, like we'll let them stand beside Sony studios, which then it's like, okay, then they're like their own entity, but they're on equal standing. Yeah. It's so confusing. It, it's, it's so confusing. I mean, we're acquiring you, but we're more like partners. <laughs> yes. like, it's weird. I've seen other people compare it to like when uh, Minecraft was acquired by Xbox. I've seen people say yeah. it's a similar situation to that. That's true. Actually, yeah, that is a really good point. But it, yeah, it's definitely weird because it's like, if it, I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on in the background that we are obviously not in the know about. Like they're probably going to be a lot of support and helping each other out. Because right now, I think if you actually look up what Bungie's worth, I think it was 2.1 billion or 2.2 billion. If I recall, mm -hmm. I remember looking it up like earlier, earlier in the week, but so it's like it, it people like I can think there's debates. I was like, well, did Sony pay too much for this? Because it seems like they're paying a lot. And to my opinion, based off of what a company's worth and how much they're paying for it, it does seem like a lot. So I don't know. I'm curious to see what will come from this. Um, this is very different from um, like Xbox acquiring Activision. It's not it's definitely not the same thing. Uh, even just from what you're hearing, the, the confusion. Uh, we, we've been trying to look up people, like trying to clarify the situation. We ha we are not finding a lot of people like adding a lot of detail to this deal. Um, to me, it's like they're paying for the privilege of having a really good partnership. I think both companies have similar views and visions into the future, uh, which is what's making this like more of a special type of thing. But yeah, there's still a lot to find out and hear about this like it sounds like they're gonna you know continue to independently publish games but are, are they gonna make an exclusive for playstation are they gonna also support playstation developing games like like back behind the scenes type of thing like oh we're gonna help you work on the next uncharted or something with who knows like i i, I don't get it there's too much stuff that we don't know and it's driving me insane well, and yeah, it is a strange acquisition. Um, you know, I just, while you were talking, I had to pull up some numbers that might help explain this purchase because, you know, when you look at directly at this, it is confusing, at least to me, I'm of two minds of this. Um, and we can get into that more later, but you know, I did find a quote that explains at least somewhat why Sony's interested, like why they don't mind them being multi-platform still why they're going to allow them to be independent almost in a sense. Basically found out that Sony's 25% of Sony's value coming from the PlayStation store was in free to play like games of a service game, such as Fortnite, Genshin Impact, all those things. So I definitely think Bungie's included in that number. Destiny players are probably included in that number. So it kind of makes sense why they want to invest to free to play shooters. And 
I think there's more, like I said, we can talk about it, but you know, this is another game. They're going to get microtransaction money from, um, you know, I guess we can get into it right now. My theory, and I've texted you this many times is I wouldn't doubt that in the future, if rumors of project Spartacus are true, Sony streaming service, I definitely think you're going to get destiny two on there with all the expansions, even upcoming ones, probably free if you're subscribed to that service. And I think that's another thing that's going to, you know, hopefully make it sound a little more lucrative to go to that service instead of maybe a different streaming service or subscription service. And that could be part of their reasoning for this. Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, it's there's so many layers and (laughs) every time we reveal a layer, it's blank because we're not getting any information. So. One thing that I uh, had a friend tell me was that apparently Destiny, the latest expansions, already at a million pre-orders. Yeah. Like that's pretty impressive, especially when the new expansion I think is over a hundred dollars. Like that's uh, it's like legit a hundred dollars over that. So you could do the math pretty quick and tell you how many how much money they're making just on that alone. Yeah. So I, I think it's a I think it's an okay thing in this regards. Bungie's definitely had a history. They've been with Xbox, they've been with Activision, and now they're working with Sony. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> how do you, clar- I still don't know how to clarify it. <laughs> Requiring yeah. you, but you know, we're just friends, you know, I buy you things. Bungie, I think what we can take away for sure is Bungie gets around. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's definitely. PlayStation's uh, being the sugar Luke- daddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whoever pays the bills, they'll sign, right? Um, you know, we can get into more quotes, you know, Herman Holst, boss of PlayStation Studios told, posted in a PlayStation blog, these are quotes. And let me tell you that everyone's very excited for Bungie and PlayStation Studios to share ideas, share some of our battle scars as well, and really just learn from each other. So I think what he's trying to get to is I think the other purpose of this acquisition is it does seem like Sony wants to invest in more service s games or live service games as they like to call them now and i think acquiring bungie i it's almost like they want their information more than anything and i think they want to learn from them to get these out of the door quicker and i think that's i think possibly one of the biggest avenues of why they would want to acquire them right now yeah that makes sense to me like they're seeing where the the market is shining but they also well, want to make it and so where that, they're lacking yeah, right? and where they're lacking. So yes, th- they still want to make a good polished game because Sony's known for that, but they want to mm-hmm. somehow, you know, dip their toe into the other market as well, which is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I would probably say it's probably not a great thing because we don't have a, a trend of really good live service games. However, yes. destiny is one of those ones that succeeds at that, you know, that quest for a good live service game. But Arguably, they're the godfather, in my opinion, of really? games of a service games. Oh, for sure. 100%. The first one was like, the first one that came out, it was like, it was decent when it came out. And then they just kept adding and adding and expansions. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's how you do it. Sharpening. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, where other games have like tried that, like Anthem and like, <laughs> could God be like, they tried to do make it work, but it's just, it, it just did not work. And nobody had an interest. You could tell that stuff was cut. And there were so many issues beyond that, but you know, they're making it work. So I, I, it's definitely, I feel like this is more of an information selling deal 
than it is like anything else. Well, and with you saying that, Hulse also explained that launching successful service games is impressively difficult, but Bungie already has expertise in the sector and can help Sony to realize its ambition. Many people have tried to build a successful live service and failed, he pointed out, because it's really hard. So Destiny's success is very special. Uh, So that just kind of reconfirms what we're saying. Uh, Also, I didn't put in our notes, Chris, but we can talk about it. Uh, and I've heard rumors of this and I can't suggest that it's true or not, but some people think it sounds like Bungie specifically wanted Sony for its own reason too. And it sounds like Sony pictures. Okay. And I'm hearing rumors that a reason they might've picked Sony over other people's offers is that they seem very interested in making destiny more than just a video game universe. And now they might want to go elsewhere. And yeah, Sony's, definitely already backing many of their own properties so would they help them make maybe a destiny movie tv show multi-universe thing i don't know how big it can get i you know i've been kind of signed out of the destiny universe for quite some time so i don't know how deep their lore goes oh god it's deep it's deep it's so deep is it not just cards anymore that you have to read on a website oh no there's it's so much it's like dark souls to another level now it's crazy okay but it's like another thing too is like if they do like do that and make a series or something please please the actors they got for the games use those actors because those are like actual like tv actors movie actors like that would be so cool to see them actually play those characters i'm getting excited talking about it uh, and then we found out later to another update that Sony is spending over $1 billion to ensure Bungie employees don't leave. This one comes from Bush Square. So Sony is spending $1.2 billion on assuring the developer's staff don't leave. The company explained during its earnings report that roughly a third of its $3.6 billion fee will be used for deferred payments to employee shareholders conditional upon their continued employment and other retention incentives. The cost of the acquisition will be expensed over a period of several years with approximately two-thirds in the first two years after the closing date. So obviously, they also want their creativity to stay. I know they're working on a separate property. I don't know if this just means they want the continued people there that know what they're doing to stay there and help them. Like Maybe they need the information from them specifically. But the other half of me is like, or do they see something special in whatever else they are working on and they really want that property? And again, not exclusively because they've already kind of said that. And I appreciate that, that candor that you're getting from Sony that you don't get from Phil Spencer. Um, so yeah, it's still going to be multi-platform. I'm not speaking like that, but um, that's just my thoughts. Yeah, no, it's an impressive amount of money to try and retain the staff, especially if the staff weren't like planning on leaving. It's like, whoo. We're getting a bonus and it's like we weren't even going to do anything like at the point in time. So I think it's a cool idea as long as they're not like locked into a contract for three years. If they want to leave, they should still be able to leave. I'm hoping that's well, still the case. I, they're not I think locked with the in. terminology used, yeah, I think they can because I, I they, so they literally say it's just retention incentive. It's right? just a yeah, bonus for the fact if you stay and not leave yeah. and try to support the companies and whatnot. So uh, that tells you where that extra money was going towards. Really? Yeah, and I'm really happy about this because I think I've told you some of my concerns with these acquisitions are that you're getting studios that don't mean what they used to. Like, look at Bioware. What is Bioware anymore? It's not what it used to be. Um, And you can make the argument with a lot of these development uh, studios now where 
you know, if they've been around a long time, odds are they don't have the people that made it special originally. Yeah. So I think they're seeing that, and I think they're trying to keep their studio, uh, well, and keep the main people that make the special sauce to stay. Yeah. It tells you, like, where their value is, right? Like, 2.2 million value of the company, which is, I think, what we had looked up before, I believe. A billion, not billion. A billion, sorry. Um like that's the value of the company as a whole that you, I don't think that usually factors in like employees and stuff like that. So this mm-hmm. is almost them like saying Sony, yeah, we value your company at this amount, but we're also valuing your employees, which is very nice. And, and not to mention like, obviously they're putting an extra in there too. Right. Cause there's still yeah. a 0.4 billion dollars extra on top of everything. So it, it, looking back on it now, it, it really does seem like a, a good deal. And I, I don't think they're overpaying. When you get it spelt out like this. I mean, and what we were talking about before, we can move on to our next article. Sony has 10 live service games in development. This one comes from VGC. It's not too big either, but it kind of reconfirms what we were saying about why Sony might acquire Bungie. And apparently Sony has revealed during its earning call that it plans to ship 10 live service games by 2026. Chief Financial Officer Hiroki Totoki also revealed that the the Destiny developer is working on a new major IP, so kind of what I was talking about, and that the company plans to harness Bungie's experience in the live service space going forward. Also, kind of talking about what we were already referring to. Yeah. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's there's many facets to this acquisition of why they want them, why they're allowing them to stand independent beside Sony, not be under Sony. I mean, technically it's under Sony, but you know what I mean. They're allowing them to kind of do their own thing. And like you said, uh, basically like the minecraft uh acquisition um yeah so not too much to talk about here i guess the the main point is 10 live service games chris now live service is a new strange term it's not games of a service it could be anything you know one site brought up like does that is twisted metal included in that is that a live service because now it's such a vague term live service game uh that's where i'm getting confused you know does that mean anything online another site uh sourced the last of us two factions mode is that part of this you know it's uh so vague and it's a little confusing and uh, i hope it means that because if it's specifically trying to refer to games of a service then this in completely disinterest i'm i'm completely disinterested in this and uh that would be very upsetting for me yeah no i i can't add much more to that because i think i'm on the exact same train of thought with you like it, 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 terminology nowadays with the gaming companies is extremely rough and it's painful for us to like try to crack the code on what they actually mean by things. Uh, I'm hoping we're looking at something that's more similar to the service that you get from Destiny as opposed to mm-hmm. the service you get from Anthem, let's say. So yeah. I, 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 we could speculate out the yin yang. I, I just hope it works out and isn't one of those cash grab type of deals. We we don't want that. But I got a quick question for you. I, I feel like we're going to get a question that's going to say, well, how come we seem more supportive of this than we do of the Activision uh, being acquired by Xbox? So my question for you is, is, is that, is like, why do we, because just in the way we're talking, I'll let you answer because I believe you're going to have my same answer. But why do we seem more supportive of this than we do the other? Not just because we're PlayStation fans. Okay, so I, I kind of ta- touched on this very briefly uh, when we first started talking about this. And I said, I'm of two minds. And 
I guess maybe I more have three points. Firstly, I want to come out right away and say I'm not happy about this. I didn't want Sony to react like this. I didn't want Sony to react at all. And you can remember me saying that in previous podcasts. I'm not for everyone just acquiring everything until there is no third party titles anymore. I don't want anyone to lose anything. So with that said, am I happy Bungie isn't going to make anything exclusive? Yes, it makes less sense in my head that why Sony would do this other than the points we've already pointed out. Um, So it is a little strange of an acquisition, especially for Sony. Uh, It's actually a little forward thinking, which Sony's not really known for sometimes. But no, I'm not super thrilled that Sony acquired them. I'm not. I would rather any day, honestly, I'd rather Sony reinvest that into Insomniac or... Uh, Son- Santa Monica or any of their other student naughty dog like just let them cr- have more teams then and then they can create more original properties that's where I would hope this would be I-, I want growth not division and you know anything getting taken from anyone and like I said doesn't seem to be the case but no I, I just yeah this didn't I was not thrilled about this now there's the other, like, there's the business side where, like I said, Sony's going to get microtransaction money, studio pictures, is that getting involved? Um, you know, they want the experience and the help of Bungie, so that could pay off in its own way. So business side, does this make a little bit of sense? Yeah, I get it from that. And like we said, Sony gets a big chunk of change from these shooter games, these live service games. So all that kind of makes sense business wise. Uh, and then there's the personal Steve and I don't like this at all. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm not just trying to mirror what I already said. Personal Steve, I'm not a big bungee guy. I a hundred percent and I'm going to be kind of controversial here, but I think I don't love a single bungee game. I think in 14 years, Bungie has released one game in my opinion. And I know people are like, well, no, they released destiny, destiny Two. No destiny Two. And let's get this clear is destiny 1.25. It was the same game. It's the same game, same engine, same three playable classes, same skill trees, except maybe one addition. It was literally the same game. Now I don't fully blame Bungie for that. Activision had a weird contract with them and it, it was dangerous contract. Basically, if they didn't fulfill their promise, to make a second destiny within a certain time frame, time frame, they would literally lose that property. It was dangerous. So I kind of understand the rush game and why it came out, but let's face it. They made one game in 14 years. I don't like that. I just, I don't know. I, again, I could be totally wrong. I could be totally going off the deep end here, but I, and that's what I think I was upset about when I heard about this acquisition. Cause you know, we've already made so many points before, but for me personally, as a gamer, I'm like, I have no interest in you guys partnering up with these people. And I think they lack a lot of things that your other studios have threefold. And that is creativity and innovation and all that stuff. And yeah, that's just my take. And like, again, if you are a fan of Bungie, Destiny, all that stuff, I'm not trying to take anything away from you. I get that their mechanics are solid. Arguably the jumping though, come on. The, the floaty jumps, I've had enough of that. You guys, you need to cut that shit out. 100% right now, cut that shit out. Floaty jumps, no more. That is early 2000s. We are done with that crap. Stop it. And yeah, I don't know. I guess that's as much <laughs> rambling as need to do. That's my personal side. Business side, it makes sense. And all the other points, fantastic. But yeah, I'm not, a thri- I'm not thrilled by acquisitions. And I'm terrified now because Sony is basically 
almost reconfirmed war. And here we go with Microsoft next week with this and Sony the week after with the other thing until there's just, I will admit the timing was shitty. Cause let's be honest, the, the Bungie active or the, sorry, the Bungie acquisition has been in the works for five to six months, maybe even longer. It's just the yes. timing of announcing it like literally like a week or two or almost a week, I think, after the Activision deal is is kind of a sore sport, sport type thing. Well, and it just comes out weak, in my opinion. Your rebuttal is like a company that makes one game and it, you know, it doesn't make nearly as much money and it didn't cost nearly as much. And you came out saying like, oh, well, we don't really own them. We're going to let them do their own thing. I'm like, that just sounds weak, man. Like, and like you said, this has been going on for a while. So it's not a direct response. But when you time it like that, it yeah. looks like a direct response. I like I, I feel similar to you that like it, it I, I think I've said that the deal confuses me. We've talked about it a little bit more. Uh, me as a gamer, I don't have as much <laughs> anger or hot take as uh, you do for Bungie. Yeah, I agree. They've done like one or two solid games. Uh, Destiny 2, yeah, it has is issues, which you talked about the contract and whatnot. But they've done it well. And that's what I think. I think that's what Sony's seeing. And that's why they are trying to tap into that. That information and knowledge that they have of like how to make a good game eventually anyway so i, I is the deal good i i honestly i it sucks to say i don't know uh, for me as a gamer side of things i'm okay with it i guess I, I like i don't i i wish i had a better response than this to be honest but it's like i i, I just don't know how to perceive it because it seems like bungie's going to be still doing its own thing so it's like I don't know what's actually going to cross over to Sony. If how much of a difference is it going to be? Maybe this is going to be good for Sony because then they're going to start getting into that knowledge and they're going to make newer IPs that are going to be able to take that knowledge, hit the ground running. I don't think we're going to see any results for any of that for like eight years. It feels like five to eight years. So I, I, I think this is going to be a good deal in the long run. Uh, but I. I mean, that's how most deals are going to be, for sure, to be honest. But I, I'm still wishy-washy. Like, I, I'm still a fan of Destiny. I've obviously disconnected from that world for a while now. Uh, mostly just because, I don't know, there's other things I want to play. I'm not someone who can focus on one game forever. I, I need some variety, clearly. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes. I'm I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, like it, this is definitely a different deal than Activision because Activision's like they're straight up purchasing like a publisher that has so many other companies. That's it's that's it's a totally different type of deal, especially just some of the things we're hearing about. I do like how Sony's being a little bit more open, uh, with, like with what's going on behind the scenes a little bit more. I mean, obviously we're not hearing all of it, but mm. yeah, that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, for me, I think you brought up um, a point where is it a good deal for Sony? I would almost want to reflect that and be like, honestly, this seems like a great deal for Bungie. No one, no one won more in this deal than Bungie. And that's, I think another reason why maybe I'm a little down on it, where I looked at it, I'm like, I almost want to shake Sony's head and be like, are you kidding me? Like they just took you to town that you literally are like, yeah, man, all your staff's getting bonuses for the next three years. Platform. 
Yeah, and yeah, we're going to give you an additional $1.2 billion. Uh, don't worry about it, bro. Just keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, they just took you to school, son? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? I, I couldn't believe it when I read I'm like, yeah, the only one, at least now, like you said, maybe in the future, this changes. Uh, and not, not the exclusivity. I just mean, like, all the the skill and the talent and the advice they get from it and maybe the movies and... Uh, film rights, TV rights, all that stuff. Maybe that and the microtransactions down the line, it changes the game. But initially, no one wins more than Bungie yeah. in this deal. And that that's another thing where I looked at it. I'm like, ah, oh, Sony, this makes you look weak, man. Like, stop doing this. Um, We'll end on that sour note with one last article, and that is that PlayStation boss Jim Ryan says, you should expect more acquisitions. This one comes from Push Square. PlayStation and Sony Interactive CEO Jim Ryan Ryan tells the game industry that we, in quotes, should absolutely expect more PlayStation, PlayStation acquisitions. He continues, we are by no means done. With PlayStation, we have a long way to go elsewhere in the organization. We have many more moves to make. Um, and why I say that's a sour news, again, I'm not thrilled yeah. by acquisitions. Gross. I really wish they'd stop doing this pissing contest. And I don't want Microsoft to lose anything. Like, I'm not... I think a lot of people like you kind of pointed out, expect us to come out yeah. swing and be like, yeah, Sony, get them. It's like, no, that's not the industry I want. I like having third party titles. I like having some connection with the opposing team. And I don't even truly see them as the opposing team, just other types of gamers. And, you know, even Dying Light, I spoke to someone today that is super excited to go home, play on his Series X, and I can have that rhetoric with him about, why he might like it and how he's experiencing it on that platform. And we have, you know, we can find common ground there. And that's why I like third party games. Like not everything has to be an exclusive. I do think Sony's, you know, main attraction is their exclusives, but it doesn't have to be their only attraction. Yeah. So we'll move on to review roundup. We actually have games that got reviews this week, and we'll start with Ollie Ollie World. This one's on PS5, 84 critic score, 26 positive reviews, three mixed, zero negative. So if you're excited for that game, go get it. And of course, the game Chris is playing, Dying Light 2 Stay Human. This one's also on the PS5, 77 critic score, 34 positive, 13 mixed, one negative. Not too surprising. Like I said, a lot of the reviewers, I, I think they were playing without a day one patch, so you know, a lot of it could be that. Otherwise, all I'm hearing is they think it's a weaker story, whatever. That's subjective. Uh, if you're interested, it looks like fun to me. So go get them. And then we'll move on to the last bit of the show, which is homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show, which is clearly the case this week again. And <laughs> it's when we give you the news articles where you can find those news articles and then you go educate yourselves. So we'll start with Troy Baker and his partnership with NFT firm and says, sorry for hate or create comment. This one comes from VGC. Way to back down. Uh, stay strong. Troy Baker, stay, tr stay strong. Uh, Battlefield 2042's next update, which will include a refresh scoreboard delayed till March. That's a feature. This one comes from VGC. <laughs> go get him. <laughs> yeah, go get him. Battlefield, go get him. You're doing God's work. PS5, PS4, Harry Potter, RPG, Hogwarts, Legacy to get official art book in September. This one comes from Push Square. Reason I added it, it sounds like there's more evidence to suggest that hopefully it will release this year because God knows I want that game. Uh, remember to buy Horizon Forbidden West on PS4 and not PS5. This one comes from Push Square. And that's a reminder to all of you, if you're interested in Horizon Forbidden West, 
It is $10 cheaper on the PS4. I'm not making this up. It's stupid. This is one of those things Sony does that makes me want to shake them. And yeah, it's $10 cheaper if you buy the PS4 version and that will free upgrade you to the PS5. It makes no sense, but here we are. Abandoned devs, YouTube hacked. PS5 pre-orders are a hoax. This one comes from Push Square. And uh, are those any more of a hoax than this game in general, though? <laughs> you know, I, I can't tell you. Cyberpunk 2077's next-gen release inches closer. Chris gets a little bit more excited to play that, finally. This one comes from Tech Raider. Uh, the Chris part wasn't actually in the article. GameStop is launching an NFT marketplace and a 100 million fund for NFT creators. This one comes from VGC. Go out there, GameStop. You're doing God's work. <laughs> I added this because if you never listened to me before about how predatory NFTs are, you know when GameStop gets involved, <laughs> it's predatory and probably dirty. So I just, I had to put that. I feel like that's the final yeah. nail in the NFT. Dale Kojima is starting his own podcast. This one comes from IGN. We tried reaching out to him to come to join the, the 100th episode of our podcast. <laughs> no, he didn't. But that would be awesome. Yeah, he was, he was quoted <laughs> in saying who? Sifu <laughs> phys physical version spotted for PS5 and PS4 out in May. This comes up from Push Square. Sony's MLB game will hit Xbox Game Pass on day one for the second year in a row. This one comes from VGC. Seems like the MLB really just wants to screw Sony over, but uh, whatever. Congrats to them. So, Chris, we made it through our Woo! 100th episode in a not-so-timely fashion. Congratulations to us, and uh, thank you for being on this roller coaster ride. That is the Home of Play podcast. So, like we always say, your time is your most valuable currency. Thank you for spending any of it on us. It humbles us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. And until next Monday, we just need to say goodbye. Thanks, guys, for joining us on 100 episodes. So much fun. Bye, guys. And to a hundred more. I mean, you and I both know, like, we're, we both tend to get unprofessional. <laughs> we both get unprofessional. <laughs>